0: Eternal Father, we thank you because you have already begun to bless us, speaking deep mysteries to us this day. As we look into the scriptures, we pray, O Heavenly Father, that you will remind us of that which you have spoken. In Christ Jesus our Lord, we pray. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Today we shall be looking at the subject Abiding Fruitfulness. Abiding Fruitfulness. Amen. And it's taken directly from our lesson in John chapter 15. Indeed when I brooded over the subjects I had a dilemma. If you go to John 15, you will see two things that speak alike. In verse 4, the scripture says, Abide in me and I in you, as a branch cannot be a fruit of itself, except it abides in the vine. No more can you, except you abide in me. And the subject was, abiding fruitfulness. If you go down to verse 16, you see something else that speaks. You, cannot, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you. That uh, you should go and bring forth fruit. That your fruit should abide. And whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give to you. And so the dilemma was, were we going to look at the abiding fruit or the abiding servant? Hallelujah. And as I meditated on the subject, I realized that what was most essential for us today is to look at the steward who, by abiding, continues to produce fruit. So for another day, we shall leave the subject of the fruit that will abide. Because when we deal with the issue of the steward... He will produce fruits that will abide. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, if you look at our lives as Christians, you will find that even unbelievers have dreams. And so do Christians. The dreams I'm talking about are spiritual dreams, dreams of things in the spirit. Even unbelievers want to know God. Don't be surprised. If you look back into your life, you will know that even when you hadn't given your life to Christ, and some haven't given their lives to Christ up till now, there is this desire to know the things that are mysteries in life. And especially young people. Young people are particularly prone to explore it for life's mysteries. And so we want to know. We also want to have God's favor in our lives. We want God's blessings. That is why When encountered with the danger of HIV, a prostitute will say it's not my portion. Amen. (laughs) Somebody who is a prostitute, you tell her, look, HIV is a possibility, say it's not my portion. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We want God's we we realise that God is our Father and that He ought to show favour to us. Indeed, we demand God's favor as of right. And today we heard through the prophecy that God is a God that wills to show us his favor. I hope we heard that in the prophecy. God desires to express himself through us so that we become the gospel that men see. Amen. We also want spiritual power. We want to lay our hands on the sick and they'll be healed. We want to have a difficult situation and we pray and somehow God reveals to us the right solution. All these are possible. But as the people in empty and MTN say, terms and conditions, what? Hallelujah. And so we're going to look at the terms and the conditions for these expectations to begin to manifest in the life of an individual. That is all the subject abiding fruitfulness speaks about. We're going to answer three questions. What does abiding fruitfulness mean to us? Where does it come from? And how is it acquired? You know, generally we speak about fruitfulness when we talk when in Christian circles, we talk about it as it relates to a Christian. Hallelujah. But That is not the full story of scripture. So I want us to quickly look at Psalm. The book of Psalms. 92. And verse 7. We shall see the first expression of fruitfulness. In that scripture. When the wicked springs as the grass. And when all the workers of iniquity do flourish, it is that they shall be destroyed forever. The first level of fruitfulness is the fruitfulness of the wicked. Hallelujah. We are going to look at the fruitfulness of the wicked in a few seconds because I have a number of things to share with us. The fruitfulness of the wicked is rapid. Whenever the first and second rains fall, what happens to the environment? What? The grass springs forth. The fruitfulness of the wicked. Now, when the Bible talks of the wicked, it's not talking about rubber, so. I hope we know. Hallelujah. No, he's not talking about armed robbers. He's not talking about prostitutes. He's not talking about those who broke into the church and stole a television sets. When the Bible is talking about the wicked, the definition of the wicked is the wicked said in his heart, There is no, praise the Lord whoever has not submitted his life to the Lord Jesus Christ is looked at from the perspective of the scripture as being wicked. He now has the potential to do all the other exploits we are talking about in a spectrum form either to steal a break in or just to tell mere lies. He tells lies, he creates lies. He doesn't just fall into lies, he creates a lie. And so the Bible looks at that spectrum as people who are generally described as the wicked. The scripture says that the wicked springs forth like grass and flourishes. And many people, when they look at them, become very envious. You become envious of the prosperity of the wicked. Because of its rapidity. And because of its flourishing nature. If you've ever speculated land before, if you buy a piece of land and You don't go in there for one year. When you come the next year, you will see something that you don't expect. What will you see? Grass. To become a forest of grass. Hallelujah. So this is the prosperity of the wicked. It is rapid. It flourishes. It is attractive. But the Bible says that inside it is a snare. a snare of destruction. Now let's also look at another type of fruitfulness. Verse 14. Sorry, verse um, not 14, verse 12. The righteous shall flourish Like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruits in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. Hallelujah. The prosperity of the righteous is like that of the palm tree. I actually wanted to bring a photograph while coming for this message, but I don't know what happened to me. There was this ornamental coconut, you know coconut is also a palm, that I planted beside my house. It was given to me by my parents when I was building the house, so I planted it by the side of the house. And for four years, that coconut was growing. Amen. It was just growing. It was bearing no fruit. For four years. Some people asked me whether I should cut it down. Praise the Lord. By the fourth year, the coconut brought forth the first fruit. Hallelujah. And from that fourth year till date, that coconut tree has never lacked fruit on it. It's amazing that the coconut is one tree that bears fruit in every season. Most trees bear fruit seasonally. But this one bears fruit in every season. And what you see is that there are different levels of fruiting. The small one, medium size, the big one, and the one that is ready for harvest. Hallelujah. The righteous flourish like the palm tree. It is the righteous that stand for abiding fruitfulness. His fruitfulness is like that of that coconut tree. Tom summarizes the message. Why that coconut tree refused to flourish for four years? Why God allows the righteous to seemingly not flourish at some times of their life? And why when they begin to flourish according to the ordinances of God, it is up to old age. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Fruitfulness is a vital aspect of our walk. And it is one of the goals of our calling. That's why in John 15 16 he says that you will bear fruits that will do what? Abide. Now let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, so that we will see God's definition of fruitfulness. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. St. Paul was addressing another subject, then he unearthed this mystery to us. Please, when the time is 15 minutes, or 10 minutes, let me know. Because I'm getting old, and the older you get, the more you talk. Hallelujah. I have planted. Apollos has watered. But God gave thee Increase. What is fruitfulness? Increase. Praise the Lord. In every life, God wants to produce an increase. He wants you to increase
1: in wealth, He wants you to increase
0: academically. That is God's goal for your life. If you are in a family relationship, he wants you to multiply. It is God's desire that you will not be static. He wants to produce an increase. You have a part to play. But the increase is not by your own power. Amen. It is God's That will produce the increase. And so God's definition of fruitfulness is increase. And that increase which we are speaking about will come from him, God, as you walk with him. Praise the Lord. I told us that terms and conditions usually apply. And I wondered what the terms and conditions for abiding truthfulness really was. I searched out a scripture as I pondered over this as a guide to unveil what God was speaking about. In Songs of Solomon chapter 1, And I usually use this as a principle for understanding scriptures when I begin to meet challenges. Amen. It says, Sons of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 7. Tell me, O you whom my soul loves, where you feed, where you make your flocks to rest at noon. For why should I be as one that turns aside from By the flocks of my companion. The maiden says to her lover, tell me where you feed your sheep. Amen. For why should I just pass your sheep without realizing it is so? And now the companion gave us a key that we use in understanding scriptures. He says in verse 8, If you know not, O you fairest amongst women, go your way forth by the footsteps of the flock and feed your kids beside the shepherd's tents. Praise the Lord. I hope I'm not saying very hard words today. Amen. If you do not know the answer to a scriptural question, Follow the footsteps of the flock. Those Christians who have passed before you, follow those footsteps. And it will lead you to the shepherd's tents. When you get to the shepherd's tent, be there. Those were the codes of scriptures. And with those codes, you can answer every spiritual question follow the footsteps, it will lead you to somewhere. The shepherds eh, tents. So today we shall look at some of the tents of a few shepherds and we shall close. Because in looking into their tents, we shall find how we can make fruits that abide and how we can be people who are abiding, abiding, abiding in fruitfulness. Praise the Lord. The first shepherd we shall look into his tent is Ezra. And in Ezra we begin to see the terms and conditions that are required for abiding fruitfulness. Ezra chapter 7 verse 6. This Ezra went up from Babylon. Babylon. And he was a ready scribe in the law of Moses, which the Lord God of Israel had given. And the king granted him all his requests, according to the hand of the Lord his God on him. Ezra was going for a mission. He was going for a crusade. Amen. He was going to plant a church in Jerusalem. And the Bible says... That what made El, uh, Ezra a minister that was going to execute this task was that as at that time he was a ready scribe in the law. If you go down to verse ten of that same chapter, for Ezra prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach in Israel's status and judgment. For Ezra prepared his heart. The first basis in which a man is able to get into a fruitfulness that will be is to prepare himself.
1: Spiritual growth does not
0: come by chance. Even if you are given a gift, like the gift of prophecy, if you do not exercise it, if you do not learn about it, you cannot grow in that gift. So nobody will have abiding fruitfulness except the same becomes one who has learned to prepare himself. Amen. And that is where most of us have obstacles and problems. If you listen to the prophecy, God said, What are those things that have separated you from receiving my goodness? Cast it aside. For many of us, the process of preparation is the problem. Because we are encumbered by many cares and distractions. And if you look at your 24 hours, you begin to understand what God was speaking. How do you really spend your time? How much time in your time do you commit to spiritual development? Do you have a systematic way of improving yourself when it comes to the things of God brethren let me tell
1: you the truth salvation
0: is by grace but we must work out our salvation praise the Lord do not believe anybody who tells you that once you are saved
1: you will enter heaven
0: Don't believe it. Once you are saved, you have the ingredients and the potential to enter heaven. But you must put it to work. Otherwise, the man that was given the one talent, who hid it, the Bible described his end. It was said, Cast him into that place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. He received a talent from God. He was saved. He was anointed. He was sent into the mission. But he ended in hell. Because he refused to work out his salvation. Praise the Lord. You know, something happened to me when I was growing up. When I finished my residency training. I wanted to become a lecturer consultant with the UNTH. And so I applied. In those days, there were only 10 consultants in my department, and, or 12, and it was fixed. Oh, there were 10, and it was fixed. They wouldn't appoint any other consultant unless somebody resigned. Now we're 25. Praise the Lord. So that was the system then, and I applied. And when I met the head of department when I applied, I met the head of the department. The way he looked at me, it was like saying, Ah, who, who even sent you to apply? Hallelujah. When I told people the scornful way in which he responded, they laughed. But I told myself, This job is not yours. The way you entered is the way I will enter. Praise the Lord. And so I applied. I started making a few contacts here and there. And one day I was praying about it. It took two years from my application to my appointment. And in those two years, there were many battles. In fact, I had to leave the teaching hospital to work in a private hospital at the point. Praise the Lord. And so when I was praying about it, you know the way we pray and forget we we'll pray and forget and we're busy meeting people i had a ministration in my heart one day that the list of those who will be appointed consultants had already gone out and your name is not there praise the lord i saw that i understood the message I understood the message because no list had gone out from the department. I understood the message to mean that those that would be appointed their names had already gone to heaven.
1: And because I had been careless in praying,
0: my name was omitted. Praise the Lord. That was a wake-up call for me. I said, look, I have laboured in the physical and forgotten the spiritual. Now they have set out the list and my name is not there. So I quickly bent down and began to pray. No day passed without it becoming a subject of my prayer. Such that when the battle began, I don't know, you know, the devil fights children of God. I hope you know that. When the battle began, we had to go for the interview. We went for the interview. After the interview, the head of the department went and told the then provost of the college, "We don't want Dr. Nibu in this department." There was a reason. I won't tell you the reason. Praise the Lord. had been self-willed. He wanted me to leave the private hospital and come and do some research work with them. And I said, no. I've given my word to the private man and I'm not coming back. So he said, without words. As he was saying these things in secret, the birds of the air were telling me every step. Hallelujah. No time in my life Had I been nearer to understanding the process of achieving success like that period because I took time to pray. I would either dream of the obstacle or somebody who had no reason would come and tell me what was happening. Finally, the provost who i didn't relate much with decided to take up my case and fight my battle hallelujah but the department went and paired me with a professor who wanted to be reappointed into the department and so it was difficult to i mean you can't score a professor with a a young uh, consultant praise the lord But when they took that letter to Onsoka, the letter got lost. I had no hand in it. (laughs) Hallelujah. And Onsoka told them to go and pair the lecturer with the lecturer. a professor is different. His case is different. Well, at the end of two years, I got the job. Praise the Lord. By the time the head of department retired, I was head of department. He never became a professor. I became a professor. Hallelujah. A time of preparation. I have not told you this story to tickle your ears. I have told you this story because the time of preparation is the most important ingredients In fruitfulness. And you look at your life. You've been hearing, give your life to Christ. Look, those who give their lives to Christ, young, are the most blessed of people. The older you get, the less you understand these scriptures. If you didn't begin it, it's like when God brings you out to himself as a young person. That time you don't have cares of the world. There are few cares you have, especially in university. Your only care is reading and passing your exam. Amen. So God brings you out and as you are developing in the secular world, He grooms you in spiritual things. That's why you cannot afford to waste your youth. But even when you are old, And you are brought out. Still make the efforts. Because he says. He is the Lord God. Almighty. And he can do all things. Praise the Lord. It is more difficult to bend an old person. But God. Is able to bend an old person. Praise the Lord. And so. If you look. At a similar life. In Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1, verse 1. And that is the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our brother Luke said, The former thesis have I made to you, o Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and to teach. Jesus began to do before he began to teach. Jesus had a time of preparation even though he was the author of the world but in the flesh he needed to bring his flesh under subjection and when he had brought his flesh under subjection and had mastered the word in the physical he was then able to teach men the things that Jesus began to do before he began to teach Praise the Lord. I don't know how much time I have left, but I will look at another shepherd. This time around, I will go very fast. Daniel chapter 1 verse 8.
1: I have deliberately
0: emphasized this aspect because I know it is the most important aspect of the message. Daniel 1 8. And Daniel proposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested for the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Praise the Lord. The rest of the story is known to us. In verse 15, at the end of 10 days, of their countenance, their is appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meats. Verse 17: As for the four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in learning and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Fruitfulness does not come by chance.
1: It doesn't come to a lazy person.
0: It only comes to prepared vessels. You want to stand in an audience and speak and one million people will be healed. Give their lives to Christ. You want to be in a difficult circumstance and God opens your eyes. There is a preparation. And unless you can pay the price You will not enter into that gift. Praise the Lord. Now let's quickly look at other things that the scripture speaks about this man Daniel. In Daniel chapter 6 verse 5.
1: Your preparation will lead you to the next level.
0: Then said this man, we shall not find an occasion against him, Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Now, Daniel was promoted and he became a deputy president. There were three of them. And the king was planning to make him the head his vice president. And so the other two. Decided that they must pull down Daniel. And look at the testimony they gave about Daniel. While they were planning how to. How to maneuver Daniel and draw him down. They said look. We can't find anything against this man Daniel. Except we find it against him. Concerning the law of his God. Praise the Lord. The footprint of Daniel at that point shows us the next important ingredients in fruitful living. And
1: that is character. Hallelujah. Character. What kind of person are you?
0: You see, there are things you must deal with in your life for God to lift you up to the next level. Let me give you an
1: example. If you are known
0: to be flippant with your tongue and careless in speech so that you tell lies often, or you overblood things, If you come to church and prophesy, and somebody who works with you, hears that prophecy, will the person accept the prophecy? Praise the Lord. And so, will God elevate you in prophetic utterance when you have not dealt with your tongue? Will God do that? He won't do that. In fact, he himself said, you do not take precious things and give it to pigs. Because they will cast it down and trample upon it and even upon you. And so the next level in abiding fruitfulness is the acquisition of character. You must acquire the character of fruitfulness. And nobody is going to do it for you You are the one who will decide to do it. Then God will help you. Praise the Lord. I also don't agree with people who say you use willpower to do Christian work. Willpower doesn't work. Amen. Willpower can never work. Because a stronger force is forcing you to do evil. Praise the Lord. But what happens is that when we want to develop a character, and we
1: have a problem, for instance, a young man that masturbates, is a
0: stronghold of uncleanliness. There is no way he will will himself out of it. Or even a young lady who masturbates. You cannot will yourself out of it. Praise the Lord. But you can pray yourself out of it. Hallelujah. And so when you have decided that this is a problem, and you apply the blood of Jesus Christ upon it, by the power of the Spirit of God, the yoke is broken. Hallelujah. If you will, and will, and will, you will fall and fall and fall and become discouraged. What about lying? What about stealing? In every aspect of life, the same applies. Willpower is only to lead you to the source of deliverance. God does not want a situation. Even in your character formation, Where you say I did it. Because he knows that no man can do it. And that is why he also says that by the deeds of the law, no man shall be saved. So what God does is you decide that this is your problem. You come to him and he gives you the equipment that destroys that problem. And you are free. Amen. But you must acquire character to go forward in truthfulness. Daniel was steadfast. Let us see verse 10 of that same chapter. When these conspirators achieved their purpose seemingly and the law was made that no man should petition to any God. A period of time. See what Daniel did. Now, when Daniel knew that a writing was signed, amen. How many of us will know that a decree has made that you shouldn't come to church and you will still come to church? Praise the Lord. Around the year 2001, 2002, I was the president of a full gospel chapter. And uh, suddenly, our membership started dwindling. We were actually moving to bare skin, bare bones. And when we looked around, we realized why. Around that period, just after a took over power, there was this wave of robbery around New Heaven. In fact, it was like armed robbers were terrorizing the whole place. Praise the Lord. And so, brethren decided to fellowship in their houses. Praise the Lord. And only the very faithful dared come to fellowship. Now, listen to what happened in this case in verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, He went into his house and his window being open
1: in his chamber towards
0: Jerusalem he kneeled on his knees three times a day. Praise the Lord. Daniel did not do this thing in order to offend the king. No, he didn't. That wasn't his purpose. He didn't do it in order to show that he was a brave man. He did it because he knew it was what was right to do. And he would do that which is right towards God. So steadfastness is something that men may overlook. But it is what marks an individual out before God. Praise the Lord. Steadfastness marks you out before God. And I will show you a scripture in order to affirm this Genesis chapter 18,
1: verse 17. Steadfastness,
0: a mark, that marks, separates men before God. And the Lord said, Genesis eighteen seventeen. and the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Imagine where God says, will I hide from you what I want to do? Praise the Lord we look we are serving a god who wants to reveal himself to men in our times we think that we are serving a god who hides himself from men but the truth is that the lord will not do anything except he first reveals it to his uh, prophets god said will i hide from abraham what i am about to do why verse 18 seeing that abraham Shall surely become a great and mighty nation. And all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him. That is the operative word. Verse 19. For I do what? Know him. That he will command his children and his household after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord. To do justice and judgment. That the Lord may bring on Abraham. That which he has spoken, for I do what? Know him. You cannot be known if today you are white and tomorrow you are black. Are they possible? There was a white woman in CNN who said she was a black woman. Praise the Lord. And the thing started causing trouble. I said, why not leave her alone? If she wants to be a black woman, let her be a black woman. Well, the people's problem was that her both parents were white. And she actually filled it in her employment form that she was African-American. Not to cheat, but that's how she decided to identify herself. Praise the Lord. As far as we are concerned, she's African-American. But if she's African-American today, and tomorrow she becomes a white woman, Abba, she will become a woman of no origin. Praise the Lord. A lot of us are Christians without a origin. We are like Christians in the church. Outside the church, we are something else. Praise the Lord. But God says concerning Abraham, and right at that time, Abraham was a stranger in his la- that land. He did not own a piece of land. And yet, the tree, the palm tree of Abraham was growing. And even while it was still at its baby state, see what God says, I know Abraham. He will steadfastly walk with me. And transmit the same thing to his children. So that I will perform my covenant with him. Do you know that if Abraham was not going to be steadfast with God. And his children were going to be disobedient. That the promise would fail. Do you know that? The promise of God to David. Failed, in quotes, praise the Lord. At least, right now, Israel is not being ruled by a son of David. Ideally, Israel should be ruled by a son of David. Praise the Lord. But I said it failed, in quotes, because there was a rescue mission that was sent through Jesus Christ, so that the word of God would not fall to the ground. But many generations lost their kingship authority because of the careless walk of one man, Solomon. Praise the Lord. Steadfastness is the key that separates men in the presence of God. Are you steadfast? You cannot have abiding fruits until you have a habit of steadfastness. As a gynecologist, at times I meet some very difficult situations. I met once a girl, a Christian girl, who became pregnant for a trader in Aba. She was in university, she was in my old fellowship, the Christian Union. And she came to me and wanted the baby aborted. She was a little girl. It was very painful to me. Praise the Lord. In fact, if I walked emotionally,
1: I would have aborted that baby. But because
0: I knew it was wrong, I tried to persuade her to let that information known to another person. Especially her elder sister. Because that was the only way we could save that baby. Praise the Lord. Whenever something comes out in the open, evil runs away. But as long as it's between the doctor and the patient, two of them can do anything. Praise the Lord. And so when you are in that difficult situation where There is a decision dilemma. The only thing that helps you is your mind that had been formed. Praise the Lord. Steadfastness. If I hadn't made up my mind, that blood guiltiness defiles the land. And a man whose land is defiled under his feet cannot make progress. I would have shed a lot of blood. Praise the Lord. But I have been able to escape because I have kept steadfast. In fact, I have become godfather to many children who would have died. Even the children of ministers. When they eventually rescue them, they make me their godfather. Praise the Lord. So, steadfastness. And it affects every aspect of our life. You need to be steadfast in your relationships. Especially those of you who are cutting. Don't cut two men at the same time. You are not a Christian woman if you do that. Don't cut two girls in different cities. Steadfastness separates us in the eyes of God. Let me tell you, if you've ever seen a vision, a vision is usually brighter than daylight, especially if it's a trance. And so, in the midst of daylight, you will see a brighter light with a picture. That is a trance. Where is that light coming from? Is it from your eyes? The spirit world is brighter. Than sunlight. And there, there is no darkness. Because they have light within themselves. Let me not go into that subject because it will be unnecessary deviation. But the only thing I would just want to say is that God sees you even in the darkness. Praise the Lord. Even in the night, God sees you. The time. You stretched your hand into that pot of soup and took the meat. God did what? (laughs) Praise the Lord. (laughs) Hallelujah. Steadfastness. Let me look at the last thing concerning Daniel. I may stop with Daniel, but I may talk about Paul if there is a little time. The last thing concerning Daniel is found in Daniel chapter 9. A very important thing that concerns Daniel. Daniel chapter 9 verse 2. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet. That he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. Hallelujah. I understood by the books. I, Daniel, did not understand by prophecy. I understood by the words books. The final word of prophecy are the books. Because they were carefully designed and written for this generation. In fact, they are the test of every prophecy, whether it be of God or not. Everything you want to know about God, and godliness, and godly living, is found in the books. Which books? The Holy Bible. The the last thing, or the last but one thing I want to speak about Daniel, is that he was a man of the books. A man who spent time reading his Bible.
1: Reading it not like a newspaper.
0: To browse over it. He read it to acquire spiritual insights. I want to tell us something about God. How many of us dream every night? Or some nights? Raise your hand. Praise the Lord. Many people don't we'll even dream. <laughs> Hallelujah. Many a times, when God looks for how to speak to you and he doesn't find, he will whisper to you in the dead of the night in the form of what? Dreams. But let me tell you something about dreams. Dreams that come from God are never literal. They are never what? Literal. They are coded messages. Hallelujah. A dream is usually a coded message. You need to interpret it. Just like military codes are sent in battlefield, that's how dreams are sent. They come as quotes. And one of the best ways of decoding a message, unless you are given the gift of interpretation of dreams, is to study the Word.
1: When you study the Word,
0: you will gain insight into your dreams. Because the symbols that are used in the scriptures are the symbols that are used in your dreams.
1: Hallelujah. You need to be a man of the
0: word to be able to produce fruits in a faithful and an abiding form. And so, if you are such as have no plan in the year of how to read your Bible, you will not be fruitful. You have
1: already decided to fail. A Christian should be able to read through his Bible at least once every year. Hallelujah.
0: Is it true of us? It's true. I know I do so, so it's not that difficult. I know a man who reads through his Bible 25 times a year. I met him at Haggai. And when he speaks, he speaks like a lawyer in the law courts. 25 times. I asked him, What is the mystery? It is commitment. Maybe we just say once a year, and maybe because of it, everybody relaxes and reads once in three years. Some people have never read through their Bible at all. Praise the Lord. And so, learn, discipline yourself. How many hours do you spend on the word every day? And what type of hour do you spend on the word? Wakeful hour or sleepy hour? Or is your Bible resurrected every
1: Sunday? Or don't you
0: even have a Bible? I have a cousin who says he doesn't go to the church with his Bible. Because he has an electronic memory. By everything the preacher speaks here, he has it. And because he has a PhD, he thinks he has an electronic memory. God never designed it to be so. Daniel was a man of the world. Now let's quickly see what also he was in verse three. And I set my face to the Lord to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed to the Lord my God and made my confession and said to the Lord the great and dreadful God keeping the covenants and mercies to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. Daniel was a man that acted on the word. He did not just study the word he did what? He acted on it. On Father's Day, I preached a sermon in a church that is nearby, St. Silas Church. And we were discussing different types of fathers in the scriptures. Immediately,
1: the week that followed,
0: most of the things that I brought out in those scriptures confronted me as a father. Praise the Lord. Some of them shook me. But I, I always remembered what we said. And I shut the door to the enemy. Praise the Lord.
1: You will not only hear, you will do.
0: And when you do, the scripture becomes you. I mean, if you are, if you read that thou shall not lie, and you stop lying, has that scripture not become you? It has become you. So Daniel was one who read and did. And finally, concerning Daniel, he was a man of prayer. He was a man of prayer. He set out time to pray. He set out time to seek the face of God. That was how he was able to achieve what he achieved in his lifetime. We have gone through the tent of Daniel. We do not have time to go through the tent of Paul. But I want to assure you that everything we spoke about Daniel was also seen in the life of Paul. In Galatians chapter 1 verse 13, he went into seclusion for his preparation. And there he received the gospel that he preached. Everything we spoke about Daniel is replicated in the life of Paul, but we don't have time to go through it. Praise the Lord. Today, I want to challenge us with this final scripture.
1: Psalm 25. Psalm 25, verse 14. The secrets of
0: the Lord is with them that fear him. And he will show them his covenants. I want to challenge us with an understanding of that scripture. The God we deal with is not the God that says A and tomorrow he does B. No, 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 no. God doesn't bend. Even we human beings, the older you get, the more difficult it is to bend. Is it not true?
1: Hallelujah. God does not bend.
0: He says that the secrets of Him, God, is with them that have a reverential fear for Him. A reverential fear. That word fear is not the type of fear you fear when an arm comes, or Boko Haram people coming here, is a reverential fear. The kind of fear we used to have as young doctors for our consultants, thing has totally disappeared now. In fact, the young doctors will say, Hi! Those days we used to
1: be afraid of our teachers.
0: But not that we were afraid of them. It was just respect. If you come to the place where young people are keen, they will just push you aside and go in front. Fear of old, old age has gone. But we are talking of reverential fear. The Bible says that the secrets of God will be with you if you have reverential fear for him. And then he will show you his covenants. There is a covenant that God has with every life. Nothing
1: that
0: God does is by chance. You are not a chance person. Look, as an obstetrician, I can tell you, before you came into the world, there were more than one billion alternatives to you. If you are a man, you had an identical female. The same genetic composition that was lost. If you are a woman, you have an identical male, a brother, that was lost for you to come into the world. Praise the Lord. There were billions of probabilities that you would not be there. In fact, it was not the first sperm that reached the egg that fertilized the egg. It was you. Because you were a child of destiny. And so in you is a covenant which God is going to lift from these scriptures and establish in your life.
1: But there is a condition. You must learn
0: a reverence for God. God. You must be prepared. You must comfort steadfast. You must know that covenant. You must receive it with the hands of prayer. Let us pray.
1: Talk to God about your
0: life. And about the words you have heard. That the birds of the air do not take them away.
1: Ask the Lord to lead you into his covenants, The covenant he has with your life. It is a covenant that is unique to you. Only God can reveal it to you. Ask the Lord to help you to walk into that covenant. The first step of preparation is a life that is
0: given to Jesus. Are you sure you have given your life to Christ?
1: Search your hearts. If you haven't given your life to Christ, you are sure
0: whether you are truly born again. Ask the Lord Jesus to enter into your hearts. Tell
1: him, come in. And show me the mysteries of salvation, Lord. The beginning of every journey steps with one step in your birth. And if you are not sure that you have given your life to Christ, I am going to pray with you. And that prayer
0: is very simple. You will just say it after me. Lord Jesus Christ. Come into my life. And give me the new life. Lord Jesus Christ. Come into my life. And give me the new life. I desire. To walk with you. The rest of my days. Lord Jesus Christ, come into my life. Give me the real life. For I desire to walk with you the rest of my days. If you say this prayer with your heart, Jesus
1: will come in.
0: Steadfastness. Begin to talk to God concerning steadfastness. Ask that the Lord will help you to cease to wumble and fumble. Ask that the Lord will strengthen you so that when he looks upon you he can declare, I know my servants. Blessed be your name, O Lord. As we go into the new week, we pray that the words that are engrafted in our hearts shall be fruitful. As we meet those challenges that are coming our way, that we will stand steadfastly for you. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, we pray.